where else would you rather be than right here, right now? For Bills fans. By Bills fans. Only Buffalo is going to win it. This is the Buffalo Bills Draft House Podcast with Brad the Bruiser Icorn and Alex Jones. This place is pandemonium. Here's Brad the Bruiser Icorn. Welcome back for another edition of the Buffalo Bills Draft House Podcast. Brad the Bruiser Icorn, Alex Jones, plenty to discuss for the Buffalo Bills here in the offseason. Stephon Diggs extended. Uh, some folks resigned and brought back some other signings as well. So a lot of ground to cover here on the podcast tonight. Of course, big event to promote here. It's going on right now, uh, the 8th, 9th, and 10th of April. It is Bills Fest in uh, Lake Pleasant, Arizona, just outside Phoenix here in the West Valley. So if you can get down, I would encourage it. 10 a.m. on Saturday cornhole tournament there is a $40 entry fee uh donations to uh support uh charity here so we encourage you to go ahead and join alex jones where do we start on this one lots to catch up here on the buffalo bills i know brad i mean i guess we start with the newest one stefan diggs extended um basically saying both sides are saying that they hope he retires a buffalo bill which shows you his intent in signing this. He signs a four-year extension worth $96 million. I believe 70 of that is guaranteed. So, hey, good for him. He deserved it. Uh, never hit his Pro Bowls until he made the move out of Minnesota to Buffalo back-to-back Pro Bowl seasons. First year in Buffalo led the league in receiving yards and receptions. So, well-deserved. It's good to feel that we actually have a true, legit wide receiver number one. I know. Feels like the first time since, like, even, I Eric mean, Moltz? Lee Evans. Yeah, I was going to say, Lee Evans was a good receiver, but I don't think Eric Moulds was the last, like, great receiver. I was actually watching his highlight tape a little while ago. Goodness gracious. Yeah. He is a guy who, if he played in modern times, would have probably been so much better off. Yeah, um, I mean, there's been good wide receivers that have come through. Even, you know, look back at 2019. They helped, you know, bolster the receiving room, bringing in Beasley and John Brown, and they were nice, but neither of them were true number one here. Uh, They went and, you know, went out and got him in 2020, and uh, nice to know that uh, he's going to be here for a while. Yeah, that is the nice thing. Is It's basically saying, like, also, I think they mirrored it to Josh's deal. Josh's deal ends in 2028, and Diggs's deal ends in 2027. But now, Bills fans, I mean, we can't have anything nice without complaining about it and chicken littling the heck out of it. Now, Bills fans are worried about how we're going to re-sign Gabriel Davis in two years. Uh, <laughs> I trust the process and that they'll make it work out here. I mean, they've made a lot of work out. I mean... Let, let's go back to Von Miller. I know we talked about that last podcast, but who would have thought that Von Miller would be on this roster? Um, and they went out and made it happen. So I'm going to trust uh, the front office of the Buffalo Bills to do what's right uh, to eliminate distractions. This team is gearing up for a Super Bowl. 
I know. I, I really do think it's if 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 they don't at least make the Super Bowl, it's going to be we need to make widespread changes almost. Uh, it seems so long ago. It's been two weeks since our last podcast there, but some signings did happen, of course. Uh, we sat last time, Alex. Josh was the only one in the Bills quarterback room. They bring in Case Keenum and then a familiar face in Matt Barkley. So there you go. You have uh, two more quarterbacks added to the mix. Uh, Duke Johnson signs for the Bills. Uh, maybe not, you know, the player they wanted in McKissick, but I, I, I think a solid signing and bringing in Dukes Johnson. I really like the signing of Jamison Crowder. I almost feel like that's actually an upgrade over Beasley. No knock against Cole Beasley, but Jamison Crowder was probably the most talented wide receiver in a very limited Jets wide receiver room um, that I love that signing. And then obviously, you know, being able to go ahead and re-sign Ike Bucker, uh, Ryan Bates locked up for uh, three more years as they match the contract of the Bears. Um, I like what the Bills have done uh, since our last podcast, Alex. Yeah, I feel like, I'm going to be honest, I think we're going to see some sort of lopsided trade with the Bears during the draft. It's just it, it, four years, $18.5 million for Rick Bates. Like, that's significantly below market value, even for a guy who's like, okay, yes, he's not a top flight. You know, he's not the, the number one um, guard in the free agent pool starting caliber guard you proved that last year even in a small sample size and for them to do that small of a tenure like that just felt like some weird um almost like a gm to gm deal being like you know what if you do this for us during the draft we'll trade you a, a third and a fifth for our fourth rounder or something like that you know something crazy where it's like all right we'll eat you know this is like sort of like in baseball like players to be named later this feels like a players to be named later, later type of deal. All right. Well, you know, as a Bills fan, one can't help but plug themselves into many Bills outlets as possible, as many podcasts, radio shows, television, YouTube, whatever it may be. And I've heard a lot of yammering for uh, a wide receiver in round one. I don't like that school of thought. I, you know, Part of me goes back to when Matt Millen with the Lions took, what, a wide receiver in the first round three years in a row. Wide receiver, I think, is a position that you can get deep, i.e. Stephon Diggs, fifth-round draft pick. That there are, I, I don't think that the Bills need to go and necessarily grab a wide receiver in round one. Do you have any reason to believe this or why they should target wide receiver in round one? Or is the feeling, you know, we've talked about best player on the board, but I feel like, uh, a cornerback opposite Trey White is the most pressing need defensively. Uh, yeah, Brad, they just haven't, they really haven't shown outside of Tredavious White, both McDermott and Bean in their histories to go after corner one first round. It's like a Rex like, Ryan every, type thing, right? <laughs> well, it, it's more like, I think that McDermott and Bean trust their scouting staff to find guys in the third, fourth, and fifth round at cornerback that have the tools. Like, if you look at Josh Norman was a fifth, uh, sixth-round pick. James Bradbury, who's currently being shopped by the Giants, was a third-round pick. 
So I think they trust their scouts to find the guys they can develop who have specific traits. Cam, Taylor Britt, and uh, Josh Williams out of Fayetteville State are two guys that I've tabbed in the third round who I think fit the mold of what McDermott and being like from um, from cornerbacks. I actually read a really good article this week from The Athletic by Joe Biscaglia um, about some non-conventional picks that could be there at round one. And one interesting one I read about is the possibility of trading up for the safety Hamilton out of Notre Dame, who's being touted as one of the best players in the draft. However, historically, and just honestly, safety is an undervalued position. Yeah, I would now, agree. This is, just reading, this is just reading into the tea leaves a little bit, but Jordan Poyer just signed with Drew Rosenhaus, who is historic agent at getting his players paid. Yep. He will be 33 at the end of his contract. I would not be shocked if the Bills tried to make some move up the board, maybe to trade to, to the Texans or to the Giants to get Hamilton, and Poyer is a part of that trade. I would not be shocked to see it at all. <laughs> In Hamilton, you get a guy who essentially cancels out Travis Kelsey. He just turns into a dude who just eliminates him. Just says, hey, you know how you have this? You, you've already traded your number one wide receiver, Chiefs. Now we're taking away your best offensive player outside of Patrick Mahomes. So I, and he's a great safety. He's got great range. He's got prototypical size. I think he would mesh well with what Micah Hyde does. So I, I wouldn't be shocked if he starts to slip down the board a little bit. If the Bills make a shot play at that, because even though Bean has been able to basically pull wizard, wizardry with a cap, there is only so much money to go around. And I mean, we did say this about Daryl Williams and Matt Milano, but the truth behind there is truth behind it. So if you have to pay four-year-old Tremaine Edmonds or twenty-five-year-old Dawson Knox or a thirty-three-year-old Jordan Poyer, which out of those three are you picking? Or which two? Which two out of the three are you picking? Thinking. If you had to pull them out. No, it, you you get you can only pay you can only re-sign two out of the three players. So you can only re-sign Knox, uh, only re-sign Edmonds, or only re-sign Poyer. You have to choose two out of those three to re-sign. Oh, Edmonds and all Knox. three are. Yeah, all three of those guys are free agents next year. Historically, historically, safeties fall off a cliff after thirty years old, and Poyer has been doing a lot to take care of himself. But also, it's an incredibly physical position that, that has a lot of wear and tear on the body. So I, I, I just could see the Bills maybe going after safety in the first round. I don't really like Daxton Hill or any of the other safeties. I just think if Hamilton's on the board and they're able to make a call up to a team that you know would like to add a piece on the cheap, I wouldn't be shocked if that were to happen. Put it that way. Yeah. We're going to have to see, uh, I don't know, I, I, I agree on Kyle Hamilton. Uh, if they can go ahead and uh, find a way to get him in the draft and bring him in, yeah, I expendable. 
Yep, at this point with Poyer. Um, and I, I, you know, I don't want to knock Poyer. He's been good to us. Um, you know, that I think one of the more disrespected, underrated safety tandems in the NFL in Poyer and Hyde. But, I mean, I think Hamilton and Hyde could thrive well because, you know, let's face it, uh, we, we have, you know, an extra year here on Micah Hyde. So he's got two more years left on his deal. And maybe that was the intent when they, when they did the re-signings here. You know, not to have them hit the market at the same time, and basically not to leave them, not to leave you know, McDermott and Bean, um, just completely high and dry. Exactly, completely yeah. high and dry. Where you're you're now trying to replace both safety positions rather than just replacing the one. All right. Well, we will see. The NFL draft is uh, less than a month away, so. Looking forward to it this year. Uh, it's going to be out there in the desert in Las Vegas. So uh, le- coming up here, what are we, about mm, three weeks away from Thursday, yeah, April 28th? Crazy. I Exactly three weeks away. Unbelievable. All right. So the draft it really, it really is, is around the corner. And, uh, yeah, I'm very interested to see what, what plays out here for the Bills at this point. I also wouldn't be shocked. Another move. So there's rumors after the trade with the Eagles and Saints. There's been some, just some whispers that the Eagles are interested in trading out again this year for for future picks and a pick this year. If, let's say, the Bills did a similar trade to the New Orleans Saints. First round pick next year the 25th overall pick, and our second round pick two years in the future. So our 2023 first round pick, our 2022 first round pick, and our 2024 second round pick, and then, you know, some late round swaps, essentially. If there's, let's say, Hamilton and some, and Hamilton's on the board at 16 where the Eagles are, or 15 where the Eagles are, 15 and 18 they have. What do you think? Do you think would you be interested in that? Yeah, I would absolutely. I, I would too. I think first off, giving up anything outside a fourth rounder, um, anything behind the fourth round pick, so fifth, sixth, seventh, you can throw all those picks in. Because I'm going to be honest, outside of maybe a punter like uh, Jordan Stout out of Penn State, I, I don't see the Bills. Um, I don't see those guys making the roster. I just don't. Like, look at how hard it was to make those. Like, they took three cornerbacks in the fifth, three, three, two, two cornerbacks, and who was the other one? The late one. Um, there's a few players they took, and Eli, uh, Elijah Griffin made it through. However, Rashad Wild Goose was starting for the Jets by the end of the year. He was. So it's it's one of those things where it's like, well, we can either use those picks on players we know are good, cut them at training camp so that our rivals can pick them up, or we can bundle them all together to get something better. And I'm 100% for that. I think that if you, if you have some guys you really like, you might as well go ahead and get them because there isn't... There, this window is closing ever faster and faster. And if you can throw a 
starter or above player into the pile um, under rookie controlled salary, you you got to do that. You know what I mean? The, those type of players don't come around often. So you might as well throw your darts at the board. If you're really going for this, go for this. You know what I mean? Yeah. All in, right? Exactly. Well, we'll, we'll see. So we got three weeks into the NFL draft and uh, just a realm of possibility here for the Buffalo Bills as they look to come out strong here in the 2022 season. All right, I got to ask you this, Alex. Um, since the season, how many Bills games from last year, any year for that matter, have you gone back and watched at this point just to tie yourself over? Because me, I'm, if i am got nothing on, nothing on television, I'm putting on an old Bills game just as background noise. I've been watching highlights, but um, I, I have been – um, more, I've been diving more and more into, um, into film study for the draft and watching some prospects. That's how I've been kind of tithing myself over. Actually, Brad, I meant to text you about this. Um, I've been, I subscribe to this really awesome Patreon. Mm-hmm. It's a dollar, but what it is, is it, it's a, um, trying to find the name real quick. Um, Essentially what it is, is it's a guy who just posts Caddy's Cut-Ups on Patreon. Hmm. For $1, you get access to all of his... It's a Google, essentially a Google Drive doc that has all of his draft cut-ups on it. It's all 22 film of every draft prospect he has film on. So, and you, it's normally three to four games per prospect. So it's been fun digging through on some guys, watching some tape. I was watching some tape on Cam Taylor Britt actually the other day against Ohio State. Um, I think, I'm going to be honest, I would love Sauce Gardner. I I think he's going top four. I think he's going real early. He What he did in college is probably one of, it's, it's when you hear the fact about how he didn't give up a reception, his entire collegiate career, you go, well, that must be a mistake. Like you must like, Oh, that must be like a thing. Like, well, yeah, he didn't give it up to his, you know, in his direct area, but there was no, he literally never once gave up a reception in his entire collegiate career. That is incredible. And I think that's going to, it's in a draft class that, really doesn't have a... I mean, Aiden Hutchinson is the consensus number one, but I wouldn't be shocked if Sauce Gardner went number one. I wouldn't... I mean, the the Jaguars could easily, easily um, defend that by saying, we play in the AFC South where we have good receivers. We're going to go out and get the best corner available, and Sauce Gardner easily could be that player. Thanks to those of you who have subscribed and tuned into our podcast, whether you're listening on SoundCloud or Spotify. We appreciate you listening here. Make sure you're following us on Twitter at TWCallahanDHS, at DHSBuffalo, at Bills Bruiser. And of course, check out everything we have on our website, DrafthouseSports.com. All right, Alex. Uh, what are your latest mock drafts that uh, you can go ahead and uh, tell us about here? 
Well, this is the issue I've been having, Brad, because I've been I normally use the Draft Network's uh, mock draft simulator, but I've started to just instead. The problem is a lot of these, even like if you go to PFFs, which allows you to trade players in it. Um, fan Fan Speak has another good one. It, it's all a very subjective thing in that it it. It relies on someone else's analysis for the value of players. Dane Brugler's The Beast just came out on The Athletic today, actually. Um, great draft guide. So it's one of those things where I I've just been sort of highlighting players I wouldn't mind in the first round. Uh, a lot of people talk about Brees Hall. I'm not as high on him just because he, he ran 4-3-8 at the Combine, which is incredibly quick. When he watches tape, it just doesn't, he doesn't look like he has 4-3 speed. That looks like to me, he was like, I know I need to nail this, so I'm going to get in the gym every day, and we're just going to kill 40s. I'm going to do this. I'm going to learn all the little cheat codes. I'm going to learn all the stuff I need to. And so I think that I just don't love him as a first-round pick. As a second-round pick, I wouldn't hate it. I think he can be a good back, but I think he just doesn't have the speed. Um Zion Johnson out of uh, Boston College I really like. I think he would be a great fit, Brad. Sort of, ironically enough, his player comp is Roger Saffold, who the Bills just signed. So I think, what do you think, Brad, if you, if the Bills were to go interior offensive line round one, would you be okay with a three-person competition, essentially, to see who story two-person competition at right guard, and then whoever loses, essentially, once if Saffold doesn't resign next year, um, is the heir apparent to their throne? How would you feel about that if the Bills went that way? No, I would. I no, I I wouldn't feel bad about that at all. I think uh, you know competition absolutely in, in this league um, is more than healthy at this point. That um, I, I I think really solidifying the offensive line. I I, I think a competition would be a very healthy way, especially uh, with Aaron Cromer coming back in as line coach. Uh, I I would embrace it. I, Brad, I don't think fans truly gasp or grasps how big of a move it is bringing Aaron Cromer back. Aaron Cromer, is, yeah. if you just look at the stats of where he goes, good offensive line style. Just nothing but all pros and happy quarterbacks. And so I think it's one of those things where it's like the Bills honestly might um, be in, a, in, a, in an amazing position where it's like, you know what, even though we think Rick Bates can be a starter, like let's, let's try to take a guy who, even if he sits for a year or we use him as an extra offensive lineman or somebody gets hurt, now we have a very good rookie offensive lineman in tow. Yeah, I agree 100% here. And I'm curious, too, you know, they drafted Cody Ford back in 2019. Where does he stand on this roster? How long does he make it? Does he survive? Does he make it through training camp? Does he make it through preseason? Is he even on the roster at the start of the year? I, I think they're going to give him his fair shot because here's the thing. If you cut him, you get nothing for him, right? Right. Like, if you cut him, Fact. 
you're not you're not going to get anything. But if he goes through training camp and puts together like a decent training camp, we've seen Bean be able to just be like, I'll, I'll give up, get a six round pick for essentially nothing. So I think that you know it is. Um, I think they'll they'll hold him until they don't hold him. It'll be sort of like uh, Daryl Johnson last year. Like, you know what? We're going to hold on to him until somebody makes us an offer good enough where, you know what? We'll, we're willing to give him up. All right, so here's the question, and maybe this is a better question for once we hit training camp. But we saw, you know, a player who... We saw some things on him take a big leap, and that was Dawson Knox last year. A big leap from year two to year three. Who do you see on this roster right now potentially taking that big leap? Uh, you know, as far as their development going into you know maybe a second or third or fourth year in the league. Um, you know, I one that is for some reason controversial. I don't know why, but. Ed Oliver, I could see taking a huge leap this year. I could see him coming, becoming like a 10 to 12 sack guy. Um, I think that he is now having Vaughn Miller, somebody who's like a pass rushing specialist and basically the elder statesman of the pass rush in the NFL. Like he literally holds a camp each year for edge rushers and defensive tackles to learn pass rush moves. Um, so I, I think Ed Oliver would be one. I also, I mean, this is a this is the 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 squares pick. This is the pick everybody's taken. We're talking betting terms, but um, public money. Gabe Davis looks like he could take a huge step forward. Um, but I could also see um, Jordan Phillips, who signed on a one year deal. If he makes it through camp and makes it through to play, I could see him wreaking some havoc. I could. He is. He is a is a gap penetrator who really can get after it on a line that's going to cause some issues for people. You know, they're, they, they got, uh, Tim Staples, I think it is. Yeah. From, uh, from Washington. Yep. And Daquan Jones, 607 product. No big deal. Played football against him. No big deal. <laughs> no, not um, at all. and, um, so I think they're bringing in reinforcements, but I think that they're going to bring in. I that's a position I would hate if they went round one. If it's not like Devonta Wyatt or uh, one of the other top, uh, if they go Jordan Davis round one, I would not be a huge fan. The reason why is uh, Jordan Davis is a freak specimen. Like no one's going to argue that he's not an insane athlete. The issue becomes is I he just doesn't have the offensive ups or the defensive upside to pass rush and to be an effector of the pocket during pass rounds where you need to penetrate and get space. I he just doesn't for me do it well enough to to justify taking him in the first round. When you have areas of other need Versus a guy who you're going to get only two downs of production per series. I I heard this speculated. I just want to throw this out as we wrap up here. Any chance that they addressed punter in the draft? 
I, I think presumably it would be uh, something that you would draft, uh, you know, an undrafted free agent. But um, I'm trying to remember the kid who's actually Oh, projected. no, 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 Brad. Oh, no, 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 no. Yeah, I mean, if the Bills like are – so there's a couple options. There are some very good punters in this year's draft. Um, there's one that stands off, out. Yeah, you got Matty Bomb. Matt Ariza, uh, uh, I think it's actually Ariza, Ariza out of San Diego State. Yep. The kid just kicks bombs, like legit just kicks bombs. The only issue is he was also the place kicker for the Aztecs. So he does not have a history of holding. And you get into a similar problem he had by Corey Bojorquez mm-hmm. bit the dust last year. Yep. Because essentially he couldn't hold. And it was screwing with um, Big Billy Bass's kicks. Um, so I, I think that I think you could see Jordan Stout out of Penn State. Okay. There's another punter. Oh, geez, I'm forgetting. It's another. It's a not a big school. Another. There's two younger punters who are very good as well. Um, Stout had a 65 yard plus kicked in the Northeast. He's a Big Ten guy, so he doesn't. You know, he's used to cold. He's used to that. He held a bit. He did place kick for, for Penn State, but he was their holder inside of 35 yards. So I, I personally, that's my personal favorite is uh, Jordan Stout. Although I would not, um, I would be, if they took, if they went all in on it and were like, no, we're taking Matariza in the, in the fourth round, which is where he's projected to go. I would not hate that in the slightest because the kid just kicks bombs. He, he just murders the ball. All right. Any final thoughts before we wrap up this week's podcast, Alex? Yeah, it's going to be very interesting, Brad. Um, I, I, running back, I think, is going to be the most. It, it's going to be very telling one way or the other how they feel about the position, if how they address it in the draft. I personally think, I think you'll go see them. Uh, the the theory I like the most, essentially, is a similar trade to what you saw for Dawson Knox, which is at the end of the third round, and go after. Oh, geez, now I can't remember his name. Uh, San, uh, not so South Dakota State Jack Rabbit. Um, geez, now it's a blow in my brain. But essentially, trade back into, um trade back into the third round and go after a guy that you think can share the load slash after this year, take over the load for Singletary because this is a contract year for Singletary. And even though, um, even though the franchise tag is criminally low for running backs because it's the most undervalued position in the NFL, um, it's still, I just can't justify putting that tag on Devin Singletary when you could get a guy like Pierre Strong Jr. out of out of South Dakota State um, who has great speed. He ran a 4-3 and change at the Combine. Um, and so I, I really could, I think you could see them going with somebody with a little, like sort of that game-breaking runner who can break open runs from the backfield. Well, reminder, this weekend we'll be out at Bill's Fest in Arizona, held at Lake Pleasant. Uh, Get all the latest info here at DHS Buffalo, at TW Callahan DHS, at Bill's Bruiser, 
at DraftHouseSports.com. We'll look forward to um, talking with um, some former and possibly current Bills coming up this weekend, and we'll talk about it on our next podcast as we get closer and closer towards the 2022 NFL Draft. For Alex Jones, I'm Brad the Bruiser Icorn. Go Bills. This has been the Buffalo Bills Draft House Podcast, an R Street Media production.